0: Hi, this is Dr. Taylor Hartman with Very Best of Living, my colleague, Kat Larson. How are you, Kat? Hi,
1: Taylor.
0: Today is your day. You get to grill me. We're going to do questions and answers, right? It's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And by yeah, the way- you
1: calculator out and you ready. <laughs>
0: <laughs> really? I know. I got to be on my toes today. And listeners, we love you. We love uh, your feedback that you're giving to us constantly. It's Just so you know, it's very welcome. Like, we appreciate it. And we are doing our best to meet the needs of those who have sought coaching, and we'll continue to do that as well because we want all of our listeners' lives to improve and get better. Um, please know that you matter to us, and you matter to yourself. We think that you are special, and you mean a lot. And honestly, as much as I love nature and I love all the new technical skills that we have in life, it's the people that I think make all the difference. So thanks for being with us on this ride. Okay, Cat, I'll turn it over yeah. to you. Shoot.
1: All right, well, um, uh, get yourself, uh, gird your loins, <laughs> let's go. All right. Actually, what I thought I would start with is just a couple of things about you as a, a human being yeah. um, and as a therapist. Great. Um, and then we'll get into some color code specific questions if you feel good with that. How about I do, that? love it. Okay, all right. So uh, what do you think, Taylor, Dr. Taylor Hartman, what's something that people seem to misunderstand about you?
0: Um, wow. I don't know what people don't understand about me. I, um, maybe, maybe, I think they understand Full me pretty well. Full lines
1: are lighting up. <laughs> well, <no.
0: laughs> I think they may, be, they may have things about what I misunderstand about them, but I don't think they struggle to understand me. I, um, I, probably that, um, I don't take life too seriously, and yet I take it very seriously. Like I think that's
1: this, a great response. You know this
0: yep. this really matters. I really believe in this life purpose of why we're here, what we're doing, and we're growing and becoming, and all of that's so important. And it, I don't want to ever minimize it. But on the other hand, I think people are great. I think that that the life experience is, is fun and inviting, and I just can't get enough of it. I'm certainly not one of those people that has sat back and waited for life to happen to me. I also have paid my dues. I put money in the bank. Mm-hmm. I've taken care of business. I mean, it's not like I don't think you have to be responsible in life. But I do feel like if you're not having fun, too, I I feel bad. So I don't know. I, I really do I am That's very good. I'm direct. I'm blunt. I say my feelings. I'm not worried about um, hurting people. Uh, but my intent is never to harm someone. That is never my intent. I just want to be honest. I want to say things the way they are.
1: Mm-hmm hmm That's, yeah. I mean, I, just from my experience with you, I, it. I mean, you know, it feels like a, you know, a paring knife through my, you know, aorta sometimes <laughs> when you're honest, but, but it's never done. I know you're not trying to.
0: No, there's none of that. There really, <laughs> there really is no joy and glee in that doing it. No, I honestly, no, I just no, want no, someone no. to get better. I want to feel better. Yeah. yeah. And by yeah, the way, that's a good that, point. That true. I love people very freely. It's very comfortable for me to love people. Like, like lots, almost anyone. I find very easy to Mm -hmm. like. So I don't do the legwork of creating that before I pair you with a knife. That's the problem. I'm thinking that, well, (laughs) hey, you know I love you. Let's go, right? And people are like, no, 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 no. Come back after a while when I feel more comfortable with you. So that may be a part of it. Oh, that's
1: so good. That's so good. Um, All right. Well, in our podcast, I think it's pretty evident how – how your patients touch your heart. You tell these great, you know, Very you much. just share with us these great insights and, and, and how your patients touch you, your heart in that way. But I'd like to know about a patient that changed your practice.
0: Oh, how I deal. with any-
1: yeah,
0: yeah. That's a great one. Uh, I, I can think of several, one in particular. Uh, yeah. I, her name was Sandy and uh, mm-hmm. she uh, ended up killing herself. And, oh, um, it's still the one that lingers the most with me. Uh, she, she really was so damaged, like so traumatized in her life and hated men, hated me, did not want to be there. And I just, she just changed my capacity for time. I, I am I'm really kind of more of an ER doctor, like let's get in, let's fix the problem quickly and get on with the next patient. And with mm-hmm. her, I learned to slow down. Like there were just so many negative traumas floating in her being that she needed time. And she was remarkable in terms of um, how hard she fought to, to be fully human and fully alive. And in the end, uh, there was just too much trauma. But, but I, I will always remember what she did for me in terms of teaching me compassion. Like l- allowing myself to, to go where they are, where their hurt lies. And I can think of people I've worked with since then that I would not have been as effective with had I not had her in my life. Uh, people who, hmm. the, the little boy who's watching a father um, lie. And all he ever wanted in life was to be honest and legit because all he ever saw was not that. And uh, the tenderness that she taught me about accepting people where they are instead of pushing them too hard to get fixed, was probably the thing that changed my practice the most. Wow.
1: (laughs) That makes me stop and breathe hard (laughs) and take a deep breath.
0: It's one of the benefits of being a therapist for me anyway. And, you know, we talk about purpose. I think that's why I still work. I mean, I I don't have to work. I like to work because the people that I'm working with mean the world to me.
1: They really do. Yeah. Okay, I have one last question and then we'll get into color code questions. Okay, yeah, is that all right? Sure, one more? Sure. All right. You've talked about your mom and her red Attila the Hunness <laughs> you know, with much love yep. and how she helped you get where you get. Yep. What, How do you think your mom would describe to somebody what you do for a living today?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's tainted because my father, who she divorced, <laughs> was a therapist. <laughs> He was a psychologist. Even
1: better, what would I, say? Now I'm really interested in showing.
0: Well, to each their own, she'd say. <laughs> I, I, Did
1: she believe in therapy? Well,
0: I don't think so. The <laughs> more I think about it, she never saw it, that's for sure. I gave it to her for free many, many times. <laughs> Unsolicited, I'm sure. No, totally unsolicited. Are you kidding? But it's funny. You're right about that. No, I don't think she would um, see much value in it. No, she would, probably wouldn't. Uh-uh. What did she call it? Just, I um, mean,
1: was she like, oh, that's your, like nonsense,
0: or your, what? Your sidekick, like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, for her, um, when I was consulting with businesses, that would that made sense to her. She she liked that. It made sense what she was doing, what I was doing. But this clinical work with individuals and emotions, um, no, and marriages, um, no, it, no. She, she would not give it much. Funny. Uh-uh. That's funny. I, you know, it's really funny. I've never thought about it. Like, I don't care. Oh, <laughs> <That's laughs> well, you're
1: like her in that way. <laughs> I must be
0: because I really don't care. I'm like, that's funny you say that. Yeah. No, I kind of understand it from her perspective. She wouldn't value it because that's not who she is. But, um, it's never mattered to me.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's that. Well, that's a good thing. (laughs) It's a great question. (laughs) Oh God. That's funny. All right. Well, let's delve into, um, some questions that we got from our wonderful listeners. Um, and I, and I also believe that don't forget everybody that we have a Taylor Hartman Instagram. Um, and you can ask Taylor questions on that also. If you get on, um, Instagram, just Taylor Hartman.
0: Yep. It's Hartman, pers- and, Hartman personality.
1: Uh, Hartman personality. I'm sorry. Thank you. So, all right. So let's just take off here. So the first question that, that came up is, can you give a description of each color when they are unhealthy? Yeah. Like, you know, not from the book, just just Taylor Hartman description. I know the book is you, but how you would talk about it?
0: Well, yes. If somebody is a red, but they don't show up, they're not responsible. They are bossy. Um, mm-hmm. They are demanding. They are insensitive. I would say that's an unhealthy red. Uh, They're living in the limitations of their color. If they're blue and they have low self-esteem, they're uh, self-deprecating in terms of I'm not good enough, I'm never going to be good enough. Um, Perfectionist, I have to be better than to make up for my inadequacies. Um, If Mm -hmm. they are uh, worry-prone, can't let go of things, I would say they're an unhealthy blue. If they are a white and they're just stuck like they don't, they're timid. They don't speak up. They don't find a voice. They're pleasant, but they're not engaging um, of conflict. I would say they're an un- unhealthy white. And if as mm-hmm. a yellow, they are irresponsible and blow it off like it doesn't matter. They don't think about the impact on other people. They mean well, but they don't uh, follow through. Um, they're an unhealthy yellow. That's how I see awesome. it. Living yeah, in the I, limitations I wanna- of your color.
1: Living in the limitations of your color, which is unhealthy. And I think it's I think right now just for, you know, like you always say, focus on one thing. I mean, don't try to take all of those and ram them into the next, you know, thirty days.
0: Right. And once you choose to change, turn that negative, whatever that is, say your irresponsible is yellow. Then find a word that is positive to focus on. Like say the word is committed. Maybe the word is responsible, whatever it is, maybe it's proactive. I don't know what it is for you, but whatever that is, stop talking about being irresponsible and focus on committed, focus on a positive, right? Right.
1: Right. Very good. Very good. Um, That was a correct response, Dr. (laughs) Okay. Uh, (laughs) 10 points. uh, Okay. 10 points. Um, Okay. So this, this listener said, I am a white. I desperately want to live a healthy lifestyle. I want to go to the gym and cook healthy dinners, but I have no motivation. And if I do get some, it only lasts max two weeks. Please help.
0: You know, what's interesting about that is, first of all, it's not uncommon for whites to lose interest. I fact, mm-hmm. hobbies and things, whites will often, often I have whites say to me, well, I liked this for a while, but then I, I lost interest in it, uh, which is fine. It really doesn't matter as long as, as, long as you find something else to focus on. But if you don't do that, then that's not okay. It may be easier, actually, to stay with something you like than to have to always find something new. But let's talk about motivation. Uh, Motivation Uh comes from doing, not from talking. Uh, Whites actually are the most effectively internally driven people of all the colors. They're the kind that can actually set in their mind a goal, and rather than competing with others, they simply focus on what they have to do. So for this individual, I well, let me be tough first. The tough one is you have to decide whether you want to be a sloth and you want to be indecisive or not. At the end of the day, no one can Mm -hmm. make it happen for you. You need to carve out some space that you're going to commit to knowing people will challenge you, that people will say, Mm -hmm. you're being selfish, I think that's a stupid thing to do, whatever they do. You have to not care. It has to be just about you doing what's right for you and then pick just a couple of things that you can get committed to doing them every day. Like do them often, do them regularly so they become part of who you are and get what the feeling like. The feeling is so, it's so positive that you want to do more of that same thing, right? So then you start researching other opportunities that might fit into your world that you want to get into. Now you may be isolated and uh, introverted so you may not want to have a um a gym buddy, but you may be not that way. You may be extroverted and like to have somebody holding you accountable. If that's true, ask someone to join you in the process. Whatever works for you. Um but I think mm-hmm. you need to just take ownership for what you want to look like 3 months from now. Just start with that. What what do I want to be doing 3 months from now? And then start today to do something towards that goal. Get on that mm-hmm. program, right? And uh, that, that will start you changing just that very process alone. But I want you to know, I do believe in agency. I mean, there's, there's a lot of people that are not very happy and they're not very fit and they're not very effective. And you know what? They chose that. That's the life they've chosen. So it's on you now to step up and say, I choose this because I like me and I want to be different in the future. Oh, that's
1: good. That's good. So really do first. Motivation yep. to follow. Do yep. first motivation to follow.
0: Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely.
1: Great. Um, this is an interesting one because it's really a tough one. Um, to me, it's a tough one, probably not to you, since you are the professional. Uh how do you know when your desires are so different that it calls for a divorce?
0: Yeah, I like that one by the way. Um mm-hmm. I like that because I've worked in marriage uh, relationships relationships for forty years. And mm-hmm. uh I I am pro divorce. Uh, Now, once I say that, people think, what? And what I mean by that is I am not afraid of divorce. It does not frighten me. There are people that married poorly. They just did not marry the right person for them. And there are people that married well and the person chose poorly. Like they became Mm -hmm. drug addicts. Uh, They chose no longer to work. Um, I Mm -hmm. mean, things happen in life. And I don't ever want someone to feel like because you made this decision once, you're stuck there forever. That's totally different, by the way, than for people – who are very cavalier about their commitment. Like they choose to jump out whenever they want to because life's greener on the other side. That's not what I'm referring to. And those people that do that will find themselves divorcing many times. So this person sounds very genuine. And I would say, first of all, tell me about the values that you guys share. What are the things that you guys, what brings you together and what makes it hard for you to share the same desires? And then tell me how important those desires of yours are. Because sometimes you have to sacrifice in marriage. Like the man I was talking about one time that wants more physical touch and his wife doesn't. I mean, he probably won't get out of the marriage for it, but he will have to sacrifice to stay in it. So I think it's important for me to hear the desires. I can almost always get to the motive when I understand why you desire something. Once I get to the motive, if it's clean, then that's a different path we take than if it's dirty. If it's dirty then I'm, I'm like, I need to fix you up. You need to get cleaned out first. Once that happens, then we can discuss it. But if it's a clean motive a desire um, and it can't be matched in your relationship, then you may have grounds for saying, I don't think I'm really good for my partner and they're not good for me. That's where I would go with that. And it's so much so- h- harder when you have children involved and uh, family the yeah. expectations. All of that's difficult, but it, it is navigable, just so you know.
1: Oh, I have so many questions here, but let's move on. I just, um, I mean, I think some bids really great. I, I, I would like to in the future, um, as we talked about, like doing a, a an actual that's you know talking to somebody online yeah, yeah. or in our podcast about that, and actually you taking us through the process, unpacking the desire. Yeah,
0: that's a great point because the reality is that there's never been a time I didn't know what was the best move. Never. Yeah. Once you get there, it's very you were clear. Never confused. Nope, I was never confused. Mm-mm. And there, are, and it sometimes it takes a while to get there. But isn't mm-hmm. it kind of nice to know? No, we can get the answer. There is an answer, but you have to drill down to where you get the, what's the clean motive versus the dirty motive. That's underneath the desire. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll do that more.
1: So good. So good. Okay. Um. Let's see. How does? How do you connect? Really connect, truly connect, the the listener asks. Truly connect to whites when they are very kind, but you're not getting back anything from them. Yeah. Truly getting much back from them.
0: Yeah. That's a big problem in a lot of marriages. Uh, just so you know. Mm-hmm. Even even parent child, it is. Um, mm-hmm. first of all with a white. Yeah, with whites. Very big yeah. a big problem. First of all, examine your expectations. Like, let's be realistic. Okay. What are you asking? If you're asking for them to be brown when they're black, it's not going to happen. So you, you can't ask them to talk all the time and expect them to do okay. that. That's just not their thing, right? But at the same time, I've always said the best way to build a relationship with whites is watch the grass grow. You have to allow things to evolve. Like it'll, If you're not going to spend time with a white, you'll never get out of them who they could be. It won't happen. But I do think what's really healthy for whites is you tell them things you'd like to do, and create that energy and that structure. And they tend to perform way better in that scenario than when you wait for them to do it on their own. Way better. So putting a perspective about what you're wanting from them, I, I it's funny because I have three children that are white out of five. And I have found that with them, they're much more receptive to my directness and simplicity. If I go to judgment or emotionalism, I lose them every time. But they're great at me getting giving them direct feedback and structure that works for them. So I I think that you also have to realize that if you marry a white, uh, you're typically the one that's supposed to be the energizer. If you're raising a white, then you have to accept that you're not going to get as much back from them as you're going to have to give. But what you will get from them is calm and gentle kindness. That's what you'll get from a white, not an engaging, um, drama, not, not drama, uh, the only negative piece I have with whites ever is when they go negative white and they're stubborn and resistant and negative. They don't want to engage. Um, The reason I do well with them is I don't care. Well, that's on you. <laughs> Stay in your sulking place. Mm-hmm. It's very hard for reds and blues, very hard for them to allow that to go on around them. But as a yellow, it's like, that's really, that's not no sweat on my brow. I'm just going to go enjoy life. Yeah. You know? And that's, where I, that's how I deal with any white um, that's negative or stubborn or, you know, I take away the energy. I don't go there with that. But in general, I find them very yeah. easy. Whites to me are very pleasant. I don't find them because I'm very active, very engaging. I, I have ideas. So I have no problem with whites. Um, but that's because I am more the instigator.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's Really good. That silently stubborn thing does drive. I I, I don't know if it's a yellow trait because I don't really. I don't. It doesn't bother me either. But yeah. it really bothers the blues in my like my oh. husband really oh. hates that silently oh. stubborn. Just why don't they just tell me so I know?
0: No blues care. You know? Blues care. That's why they yeah. care too much. Yeah. I don't care. Like if you don't want to say it, then don't say it. It's okay. I don't mind. I don't mind. Yeah. But what's sad is the whites get more stubborn the more they know you care. <laughs> That's what's so sad. So yeah. it actually works against you. You have to take the take the energy off it, and that's hard for blues to do, very hard. And they're so sincere about it. They just want to know why. Why, tell me. And the white's like, nope. no. <laughs> so.
1: Nope, not today. Not
0: today. <laughs> and maybe uh, not, not tomorrow. today. <laughs> yeah.
1: Right. These are good. Uh, are you good for more? How are you doing?
0: Yes, let's Before do more? a couple more.
1: Okay. Is it possible for whites to be an extrovert?
0: Oh, absolutely. One of my best friends in the world is a yellow and he's an introvert. He'd rather be on horses. Mm-hmm. He'd rather be a mountain man off shooting his gun than he would mm-hmm. engage with people. And I am exactly mm-hmm. the opposite. I'd rather be um, talking and engaging with people. So every color can be extroverted or introverted. By nature, yellows mm-hmm. are more extroverted. Whites are more introverted, for example. But And reds are more extroverted. Blues are more introverted. But there are plenty of the opposites. So you can be a white and actually very comfortable and, and, and energy comes from being with people. Absolutely. And by the way, extrovert introvert is kind of a fun one because it evolves with time. It doesn't stay the same. So you can actually have been one way, one time and different later on in life. Always look to the motive. Because what I've seen is some people, for example, become more introverted and their motive is very legit. It's very clean. They like to ponder and think about things in, which they didn't want to do when they were younger. So that's not a dirty motive. If the motive is dirty, like you feel forced to do something or you're resentful and that's why you do it, that's probably not a good uh, foundation for your evolving into being more extrovert or introvert.
1: Oh, you know, I think that's funny. I'm just, I'm just a, uh, going through in my head. I've become more introverted the older I've gotten.
0: It's not uncommon. It isn't. But that to you is like going from 120 down to <laughs> 90. <laughs>
1: Well, you know what?
0: Just so you You all know,
1: (laughs) but it's funny. There's this little joke that I said to my husband because we just, you know, like we're knocking on the door. The the couple's knocking on the door with a bottle of wine, right? right. And and the husband saying, you know, just so you know, I'm ready to go. I mean, they haven't gotten to the door (laughs) yet. (laughs) Yes, I think it's weird. It's like it really is like uh, I'm such an old lady. Play like a bedtime thing for me like by 9 30, 10 o'clock I'm so done. <laughs> <laughs> you it's know? true.
0: Which 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 is when you were starting when you were younger. Like 10 oh. o'clock at night, right? Oh.
1: At night, let you know, and then at 1 let's pull out the Monopoly game. And you know, your poor, your poor friends are like, no, no, no,
0: 100. My white brother <laughs> at college, when I was outside on a Sunday yelling at somebody, he goes, Can you not just shut up one day of the week? And today I'm happy <laughs> to shut up, I don't need you talking. So, yes, it does change, it does. You're absolutely right about that. That's
1: so good to know. Yep. That's so good to know. Great point.
0: Yep, that's great. It's funny, by the way, one of our listeners sent a quote that I just love this quote so much, and I can't remember exactly what it said. But it was something about those of us going to therapy in order to live with those who won't go in and should. <laughs> and I, yes. think, I think that's a very good quote. <laughs> there really are a lot of people I've worked with that they've come to me because they're trying to figure out how to live with people who should go into therapy and won't do it. Good for they you. won't. Yep. Oh, for sure. Yep. One more um, and then we'll quit.
1: Okay, one more. All right, um does birth order have anything to do with with character color yeah. because the, the question is I ask because I have oftentimes observed reds are the oldest, middle is white, and ye- youngest are yellow.
0: Yep I love this. I've always had lots of comments about this through the years. Birth order and um, uh-huh. color are not at all tied they're they're like the okay. astrology they're not there's no connection between okay. any of these. However, okay. in all fairness, we do treat children that are oldest like reds. We make them into being yep. that way because they reflect us. So we want them to reflect yep. us well. And so people that are older tend to be more responsible, right? Youngest children uh-huh. are our last and we adore them and we we treat them like as children when they're 45, like whatever it takes to make <laughs> them happy. And so many of them are less responsible regardless of their color, Right. So it it is true, that your color is not determined by your birth order. However, uh, it does get colored, at oftentimes. Like you know, the middle child syndrome has been an issue. Re- books, many books have been written about it. I'm a middle child. I couldn't have been happier. I loved it. No one cared mm-hmm. what I did. I wasn't the oldest. I wasn't the o- youngest. I was just nobody. So great, I can just do whatever I want. So other people right. would say, "Oh no, it was horrible. Nobody noticed me." So it does. Your color does impact your where you are in line. And where you are in line does impact your color, but they're not tied together. You don't become that tied together, of, right? Um, All right, thank you so much. That was fun. Wait, wait,
1: wait, wait. Okay, wait, one more. Wait, what? what? One more for you. One more. Emotion What's your emotional? What's your chronological age?
0: Oh geez, um, eighteen.
1: What's your chronological age?
0: <laughs> Seventy-two.
1: What's your emotional age?
0: <laughs> oh, emotion. Uh, yeah, probably twenty-five. <laughs>
1: and with that i'll leave you all (laughs) you're (laughs) you're
0: you're lucky to be free of me (laughs) goodbye everybody thank you so much for today have a great Great week all righty talk to you next week bye now everybody
1: hey color code family it's kathy larson i want you to take down a number I want you to put this in your contact list under the people code. The number is 385-526-2350. Again, 385-526-2350. Text the word VIP to that number and you'll get back from us a request for your name and your email. That way we'll be in touch with you on anything that's happening at the people code, any offerings, exciting things that are coming up, And you can let us know what your needs are by texting us at that number. Look forward to staying connected even more. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.